Support for today's episode is brought to you by certified health coverage expert Kiefer Roberts. Helping clients research and secure their best available plan is the main focus of Kiefer's business. Whether it be based on income or on health, he will ensure that you get the best coverage at a lower premium. We all know how confusing health coverage can be, and Kiefer is here to help educate each one of his clients on all of their available options. Kiefer has helped small business owners save so much on their coverage that they can now afford to hire better staff for their growing companies and can even afford to offer each one of those new staff members employee benefit packages. Saving on premiums has allowed his clients to enroll their kids in after-school programs and activities that previously seemed not financially viable and has even allowed them to set aside enough money for that much-needed vacation. If you or a loved one feel like you are paying too much or that your deductible is out of reach, or if you just want to clarify all of your options, contact Kiefer at 214-957-2475 or at kiefer.roberts at ushadvisors.com. Welcome to the Raiden JG Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gilly. Thank you all for tuning in. What's going on, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Raiden JG Podcast. Wanted to start out by telling you all I'm very sorry for the delay in between episodes. I was sicker than crap. I'd get sick like once per year and it hit me like a ton of bricks and had fever and coughing and body shakes and sweat. It it was bad. I thought I was dying. But anyways, I'm here. I survived and my voice is actually recognizable now. So I thought, let's go ahead and get back on this and uh, record again. There's been a whole lot going on since the last time that I got on the mic. Um, But I wanted to kind of take a different route with with this podcast here and it's about a serious topic but it's not going to be heartfelt and somber it's just something that i really wanted to talk about uh but we'll get into that a little bit later uh, i have my lovely wife miss casey here with me for an episode of just in case hey so uh she is going to help me out and kind of get me through all of this because she has a little bit of uh, insight on what we're going to talk about later on but like i said that'll be down the line but there has been a whole lot going on behind the scenes in the Gilly household for the past, I guess, two weeks. I haven't, I haven't put an episode out in about, what, two weeks now, I guess? Yeah. So we've been, like I said, I was freaking sick as a dog. And then my dad's birthday is in the beginning of December. My mom's birthday is right after his. So that's coming up. And in the midst of all of that, I have my new job that's going well. So I'm constantly doing that. Casey is killing it at her job and school and whatnot and christmas shopping and holiday seasons are freaking exhausting new christmas tree yes it is holiday seasons are exhausting and it started out with poor casey she's my little christmas elf and she loves to decorate like no one's business and i'm I'm at work the other day and she sends me this super long text message and i can read her text and and like her i play her voice in my head and she's like oh my god i freaking got the house looking so pretty and i'm so excited and i plug my tree in and none of my freaking lights work so oh no 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 some of them worked but it was um it was about 25 percent of the lights worked 
but they worked in different places. There were different patches of lights working and them not working. And I had spent the past two hours like deep cleaning the house and taking down all my fall decorations. And I'm so excited to put everything up. And the first thing I do is I plug in that tree and I had a 100% temper tantrum in my living room by myself. And I contemplated not even doing Christmas at all. And then I got over myself, and um, now I got a new tree. And the Christmas decorations went up. That's what I was saying. She, I, I read that in her voice. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so over it. I'm not even going to do this. But Christmas like, is canceled. I'm like, Casey, we will get a new Christmas tree. It's not like it's a real tree or it's anything. Then we end up going to the store. It was, it was kind of like a silver lining to oh. all this. We go to the store to buy a new tree, and uh, Casey's very assertive. In these situations, I'm and that I'm very, terrible. I'm very like passive when it comes to situations like this. So we're we're looking for this tree, right? And Casey's like, "Oh, that's the one I want. It's white. It's got the lights. This is beautiful. It's perfect. It's exactly what I want." I'm like, cool. Okay, let's go find it. And sure enough, out of the four hundred Christmas trees on the shelf, that's the one that they don't have any. And she's like, "Oh, we're getting the display one." Well, no, because then Justin's like, well, I'm so sorry. Is there another, like, is there another tree that you like? Is there something else that we can get? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I want that tree. And there's a tree in the store and I'm going to buy it. So she, so I'm, I'm like, this, I'm rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh my God, okay, here we go. Listen, here we go. Justin loves to talk about how aggressive I am, but whenever it's something he wants, he points to me to go make it happen and it happens. So there's two sides to this. Whatever. Just saying. Long story short, she scares me when it comes to customer service and stuff because she's worked in the service industry forever. And she I knows, wasn't rude about it. No, not at all. I'm just like, oh, God. Because in my mind, I'm like, this person's going to look at us and be like, no, I'm not going to give you that tree. And sure enough, he's like, oh, yeah, you want the display tree? For sure. Oh, and not only that, since it's the display tree, we'll give it to you for 50% off. No, no, no. It wasn't because of the display. It's because they didn't have a box for it. Oh, you're and right. He, didn't even, yeah. he, he was like, oh, yeah, we'll get this one down for you. But just so you know, like... We don't have the box for it, but I mean, that'll be like 50% off anyway. So is that like, is that still okay with y'all? And I'm like, uh, yeah. So yeah, that, that restored her Christmas spirit very quickly. But I was not ugly. I need to, that bothers me. I was not being ugly or aggressive as a human being. I just know what I want when I want something and I go get it. Mm -hmm. And I have worked in customer service for a million years. So I know exactly how to talk to employees without being rude or demanding or disrespectful but still getting what i want <laughs> and she got it so like i said our tree is up and we it's all freaking beautiful uh our buddies came over this past weekend and they were like oh my god yeah we're gonna we're hanging out at the in the north pole because it <laughs> looks like santa threw up in our living room but and that makes me happy so yeah that's like i said that's part of all the craziness that's been going on in our lives is i feel like every day we're decorating something new but we don't even have freaking lights on the outside of the house that is such a hassle and by the time i get home from work i'm like i don't want to do that i don't get to see that and what i like all my crema decorations is that it makes me feel comfy cozy happy holly jolly and merry while i'm watching tv and i feel happy in my house i can't feel happy outside of my house well there you go that that saves me from putting up the tree the the tree <laughs> the, the lights i put up the tree <laughs> yeah you did so that was part one of all the craziness <laughs> then we like i said my dad's birthday was this past weekend and we went out to windstar mm -hmm. do a little little gambling and that was fun because we acted like we have money and we definitely don't a little bit gambling yeah and we casey actually did pretty good it was we don't we don't go down there and like 
throw hundreds on the blackjack table or anything. We're just I don't, kind of, I don't even look at those tables. They ain't got no place for me over there. But we went down there, and my parents like to do that uh, every now and then. Just whatever, take a couple hundred bucks and kind of enjoy. It's like a mini mini vacation. You kind of get lost down there, mm-hmm. and man, it people are. It blows my mind when you go down there and see the the type of people, and I don't mean like a a certain like ethnicity or or background. I'm talking about the the gamblers. Mm-hmm. Like they they have stacks. They literally have wads of hundred dollar bills. There's feed it in feed it in like a freaking vending machine and i'm like do you have like 10 grand in Mm -hmm. your hand right now and what is going on and i'm you go walk by the 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 vending machine Mm -hmm. man i can't talk that you walk by the slot machine and you just see them pushing these buttons and you read the screen and every time they're slapping the button it's like three hundred dollars three hundred dollars i'm like i've been here 10 seconds and you spent a thousand dollars they're just mesmerized by the not looking at anybody around them they're literally just yeah, 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 yeah. So oh, yeah. that one's out. Okay, here's another one. Yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. So we all, but we we kind of broke even. We didn't really win. We didn't really lose. So it was just a fun experience. Spend some time with family for for Daddy O's birthday, and now Mom's birthday is tomorrow. Actually, mm-hmm. so we'll get to go celebrate that too. But this time of year, it's like from th- when Thanksgiving hits through the middle slash end of January. It's insane in our house. It's just. Every this time of year is, it it takes a special type person to survive. And I know it's I know it's busy for everyone, but I don't know why. I guess it's because both my parents' birthdays are mm-hmm. right before Christmas, and then actually Christmas, and then mm-hmm. right before that was Thanksgiving, and after because that it, is New Year's. It's like oh my god! You yeah, know? you start with that big like Thanksgiving holiday, and where normal people can like go back and regroup and recharge their battery before Christmas. It's like we got Thanksgiving next week dad's birthday next week mom's birthday next week christmas like then new year's then, then new, yeah and it's all good stuff like i mean i'm not saying that negative at all it's just like oh my god there's yeah. so much going on and then we're i'm juggling my new job kind of trying to get my my bearings about me on that you've mm-hmm. got all kinds of stuff going on when you just finished up another semester of school mm-hmm. it's just been crazy but anywho that's just all the stuff that's been going on on our end but there's been a lot of talk and I don't even want to say talk. There's been a lot of news and headlines lately about some very real shit that's going on in the world. And this happened, and I wanted to talk about it when the event actually occurred about five or six days ago. But what I'm talking about here is we lost another prominent, very promising young talent in the music industry, a rapper by the name of Juice World. Um, I don't know if a lot of you listening know who he is, but, uh, he's 21 years old. Um, dude was killing it. I wasn't personally a fan of his. That's just not necessarily like my, my mm-hmm. forte, my, my kind of music. Yeah. I, don't, I don't gravitate towards that, but I can definitely respect talent when I see it. And it was there. Yeah. And my, my buddy that I've had on before, Josh Birch, he's the one who actually put me on to him. He, Josh was one of my first guests I ever had on the podcast and he was, he actually chose, you know, Juice World to be one of his. If you know, if I could pick three to have a beer Did with really? me, yeah. And, oh wow. Yep. So he talked about him. I know Preston likes him a lot too. But anyways, um, news broke of him passing away, and everyone's like, "What?" Myself included. We're like, "What in the? Yeah. Why? Who? When? How? How?" Yeah. I mean, he just 
he hasn't even started his he was like on the come up i mean maybe a year in yeah. the like of of notoriety if yeah. if that i mean that year's a long time but in the grand scheme of things it's it's not yeah and like i said he just had all the all the talent in the world and not only did he pass away but he actually um i mean this is all still kind of speculation i guess mm-hmm. until the autopsy report comes out but all signs point to another drug overdose mm-hmm. Yeah, it was you, like an accidental suicide. Yeah, and it, it, we like I said, this is all speculation, but it's it's pretty much verified at this point. All signs point to that, and and when I say the word drugs, I mean that very generic because I'm not talking weed, mm. not the damn plant that is legal in half the U.S. That's not the issue here. I'm talking about drugs, as in whatever this epidemic that's just been taking over the music industry for years but apparently this particular case with juice world was about prescription drugs um to be more specific i believe was percocet Mm -hmm. um which led to a a life ending very serious seizure that he had Mm -hmm. coming off of a private jet they also seized um a bunch of i think like upwards of 50 pounds of weed off of his plane. weapons too. Yeah, weapons and stuff. But that's neither here nor there. I'm, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like what took his life. Mm-hmm. This is a serious problem that a lot of people just kind of brush over because it's becoming more and more prominent, which mm-hmm. is a, a freaking shame. Um, just in the list of these people that are being affected is it stretches far and wide, but it's, it's very prominent in this particular realm this particular genre this demographic whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it this this set of young adults male female whatever that are in the rap hip-hop young come up Mm -hmm. you know like that this is becoming so so popular and you know in recent memory we lost one of the arguably one of the most talented rappers of our generation uh mac miller he was he overdosed on a you know a narcotic you know fentanyl mm-hmm. it was obviously accidental and there was other things in the mix you know alcohol so on and so forth but like and he was an addict but it's it's just the prescription painkiller mm-hmm. narcotic those those are the things that are manufactured in a lab somewhere that are killing people and like i said you know so you got juice world you got mac miller and some of the lesser known ones but like lil peep you know the the Mm -hmm. other white rapper you know that died a couple years back it was fentanyl and xanax like i said these are these are little white pills that are chopped up in a laboratory somewhere in, in theory that everybody can get their hands on and get sold on every street corner now and it's not the drugs you think of when you think of drugs it's not somebody tying off you know their their veins with a a belt and shooting up heroin black tar heroin or meth or sold at cvs that's what i'm saying it's it's got a prescription on the bottle that's it's insane to me that people have these guys who who to the common person seems like they have the world in the in the palm of their hands you know and let me rephrase that no they do have the world in the palm of their hands that this is their life is about to take off in a direction or even has already taken off into a direction that people would beg and plead to be in. Mm-hmm. 
and this is all coming from my perspective. I'm not saying this hateful at all because I know there's more than meets the eye, but they use these prescription drugs or not even prescription, but just the, these synthetic drugs that are manufactured in a lab. They use it to, to an abusive point. And it, I think it all starts, maybe this is just my opinion, but I think it's just kind of like the, the, the culture. It's like it's most of the guys I just named, you know, Juice World, Mac Miller, Lil Peep, those are all less than 30-year-old people, you know, 20 mm-hmm. to 28. Think about those guys who they were looking up to in the come up. Who glorified those drugs? Uh, I can name you some, you know, Lil Wayne, mm-hmm. Future, Wiz Khalifa, I love all those dudes' music. I do. But think about how often you hear the time, the, the lines, you know, oh, drinking lean and perp and, you know, got that drink in my cup and, oh, I'm, I'm barred out. And mm-hmm. it's like I said, it's glor- it's glorification of this substance that is supposed to be somewhat helping people that have genuine disorders. Mm-hmm. And these people are using it for recreational use to escape whatever they're trying to escape from. And it makes them into zombie-like dependence. Well, the thing is, is that they like, I can, I see this, or I have studied this a lot. I'm a community health major and I used to be a nursing student. So I've done a bunch of case studies and research and stuff like that. Um, most of the time, this like whole addiction slash overdose, like epidemic, basically, um, it starts in not a bad place. Like, okay, maybe... Um, given, give rapper number one, say he has really bad anxiety. And so he is prescribed prescription Xanax and the milligrams or the dosage is like 10 milligrams. He might feel really anxious before he goes to get on stage and he borderline might have an anxiety attack. Okay. So he takes one, goes and get on stage, does a great job. Well, every time he starts rapping, he might make that a habit. Okay, well, I'm going to take one because it is prescribed to him. And then at some point, your body starts adjusting to that just one. And so that just one doesn't do for you what it did before. And so now you're just taking two. And so you take two and you go to on stage. And then the very next day you wake up after your show and you had a fight with your mom or your dad or something. So you take two more. And that's like, it's like, you your body adjusts to this dosage and you can't get that you can't get that feeling back once you've adjusted and so they just keep doing it over and over and over again with these small increment increases that over time like even if your body's still adjusting even if you pop have a bottle of Xanax and your body's not giving you whatever that relaxation that it first did that's still a that's a toxicity within your bloodstream. It's still toxic, even though you don't feel it. And so that's that's where these like overdoses are coming into play. I think that has a huge thing to do with it is that they don't feel like they're just drugged out of their mind because they've worked their way up there. But it doesn't matter even if you've built up a tolerance to it. It doesn't mean that it's not toxic in your body still. And I feel like that has a huge thing to do with it because they need more over time to get that high or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And and. Maybe I misspoke. I wasn't saying that this is like, there's not a time and place for that. You know, I'm I'm not speaking for you, but if you wanted to tell about like your situation, like, I mean, yeah, you are on some of these, I mean, not those exact Mm -hmm. prescribed things, but it's because of chemical imbalances 
in your head. Yeah. You know, you're not coming home with a double cup, smoke, you know, <laughs> drinking lean to, you know, get through the day. I'm not saying that, you know, that's the shit that, I, that does bother me. That's the stuff that like, right. my, I told you, my family owned a pharmacy for 50 years. Yeah. There would be people that would walk in there and buy a two liter of seven up and a freaking bottle of Robitussin. Hmm. Wonder what that's for. And do you really want to? <laughs> yeah. Do, do, did you really? You know, you have a bad cough and you you want some citrus drink. Or, yeah. Hmm, you know, I don't think that that's really what's going on. Yeah. Here. But like, it. What I'm saying is, we all have our vices. We do. And this is a very non-judgmental point of view that I'm yeah. coming from. I'm not saying. That. I'm just saying that this particular instance, this particular item, this particular thing. Is not it's not a coincidence that this many people are being affected by it and yeah. they're all within the same demographic. It doesn't matter skin color, it doesn't matter economic upbringing, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter social class. I'm talking about like rappers. No, one hundred percent. And I'm not and, defending it. I'm not saying it's you know, right or anything. I think I just think that it should be considered that, you know, Joe Blow off the street didn't start rapping and then one month later he thinks he can pop a whole bottle of Xanax sure, and be fine. Sure. I just think that they're more, this is where like Justin and I compliment each other because he is very like type A and it's either one way or it's not. And I kind of like help him see, like it doesn't matter if you overdose on medication and you're abusing your prescription medication, you're abusing your prescription medication. I'm not, Certainly. I'm not judging you for it, but I'm telling you, you shouldn't be doing that. And, but I'm saying like, I think that that's more times than not, that's how it happens. Like there's always a reason I'm not saying you're justified, but there's always a reason someone gets there. Right. And that you, makes sense. what are, okay. So what, what are the prescriptions you're on? Um, I am. <laughs> Cause I don't know. I mean, was it, is it, is it, uh, it's not Xanax. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a off brand Xanax. Okay. So, but um, you, but you take, you don't take that every day. No. Like I'm, I see it. It's right next to the bedside and you use it to, I'm not speaking for you yeah. by any means, but I've lived with you and been married to you forever. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy because. Just from my experience, I I don't have depression. Mm-hmm. I don't have anxiety. I I don't. I'm very fortunate. I'm very thankful, but I do have a woman that I love with all my heart that that does suffer from these things, and mm-hmm. it's very difficult on my end. Um, it's it's hard to it's hard to accept whenever those days come about when you just have a bad day mm-hmm. and and you know you're you're off whatever you're you're, you're crying you're you're you just there's something wrong with you and you can't even explain it to me. Right. That makes me feel like I have shortcomings as a husband. That makes it feel like, what did I do wrong? How can I not fix it? It's hard for me to understand. Yeah. And then you being, you know, as intelligent as you are and telling me, you know, what's going on and, and, and kind of trying to explain it from a neurological standpoint mm-hmm. or trying to explain it from a personal standpoint. I can't, I can't simp. I mean, I can't empathize because I don't have it, but I can damn sure sympathize mm-hmm. with you because there are those days where you just don't know what's going on and I, I'm just, I just feel off in my own brain. I can't imagine what it would be like if I was diagnosed with things like that. And yeah. that's where those prescriptions that you take, mm-hmm. if you didn't tell me, Hey, Justin, I, I, I didn't take my medicine for a week. I, I would be able to tell just because I know you You could and, tell in two days. <laughs> yeah. Cause, well, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm, I mean that genuinely because, because yeah. you're a person that, that benefits from them in the proper dosage and right under the right guidelines right it's not an abusive relationship that you have with them it's it's a clinical need you know and it and it helps well and i also like i i made it a point to really understand what was going on in my head 
Um, I do have clinical depression. I've got clinical anxiety and I am clinically diagnosed ADD. Um, (laughs) You want to keep talking about my medicine because I got a list. Um, But the thing is, is that I, when I first like started really, I got diagnosed as a freshman in high school with depression and anxiety. That's really crazy. Like that's, that's insane. You don't really hear about that that often. I mean, you should more because that's a whole other story. But what really started helping me was to understand, like not like you hear the term knowledge is power all the time, but it really and truly is, especially whenever you're running around not understanding what's going on with you. Um, it doesn't make the symptoms and side effects any easier, but it helps you to not on top of feeling depressed or feeling anxious not freak yourself out even more so because you don't know what's going on, if that makes sense. So I spent a lot of time like really researching and really um, just like diving in headfirst, trying to figure out what exactly is going on in my brain and why and how can I help myself and how can I reach out for help? Because that's like not something, that's something I was really bad about for a really long time because I was just embarrassed and I was not wanting to bother anybody around me and I didn't want to bring anyone else down with me and that was like what was going on in my head um like how can I ask for help whenever I don't even know what it is that I need much less know what's going on in my head like Mm -hmm. um and so that's like my biggest thing is that I'm I'm very passionate about this topic just because I know the struggles that I've had um and I know that I'm not the only one And I feel like there's a huge stigma around mental illness that's like kind of coming down, but it's still definitely there. And there are a lot of misconceptions and stuff about it. So that's like, that's like something I'm very passionate about is bringing awareness and like it's, it just making other people understand that it's not quote unquote all in your head, like, and helping those people that have it to understand what's going on in their own head and like what they can do to help themselves and honestly a lot of the times just what's helped me just knowing that i'm not the only one that goes through this stuff on a day-to-day basis yeah but then not even just that i think that that's kind of being more um acceptable and being put out there more but i think that something that's still getting ignored that really needs to not be is how people handle you that love you that don't have it and like that's something that i can commend justin for tenfold because he doesn't he's He's lucky enough not to have these mental issues. And so if I, when I don't even understand it, how am I going to, in what world can I make him understand what's going on in my head, much less how to help me. Um, But that's the thing too, is just like educating everybody so that the people that don't have it can know how to love their loved ones that do. And like understand that it's not their fault. This isn't something that you did. This is something, there's no one, it's no one's fault, but you can't, you cannot fix this person, but you can be there and you can help them. Right. And that's what I meant when I said, like, I can't empathize because I, I, I'm I, not going to sit here and act like I'm walking in your shoes because I'm not. And right. that, that would be doing you and I both a disservice trying mm-hmm. to act like I do. But I can sympathize with you because I love you. And, I mean, it is. It's a, it's a very humbling experience to see your wife having, you know, these episodes of these breakdowns and feeling helpless mm-hmm. so once again i'm not saying any of this to toot my own horn but i, I enjoy learning mm-hmm. i am an education-based person like i'm not i'm a i'm a nerd like i i love to learn especially when it's something i'm passionate about 
And I would. I mean, I've read peer-reviewed studies online. I've read mm-hmm. books. I, I mean, I read articles and, and see things all the time, and I'll send them to Casey, and I read them myself to figure out what I can do on my end mm-hmm. to make it better for no reason other than, like, I, I don't want any part of the shit that we see in the news to have a negative effect on somebody that genuinely is doing the right things that may be suffering mm-hmm. from what okay so strip it down to what it is you said earlier i'm a black and white type person i'm very type a mm-hmm. okay well in that case if juice world was depressed or has depression so do you mm-hmm. why in the world are you not having seizures in the airport right Maybe it's because of your support system. Yeah. Maybe it's because of your education. Maybe it's because you have people, objects, places, things around you to deviate you from a negative path. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. And you nailed something. I didn't want to cut you off because you were you were going, you know, thinking, talking on things that I've never even thought of. But mm-hmm. you said something about like the stigma around it, and I don't mean this sexist whatsoever, but Everybody that I've named and that I can remember that's doing these ODs and stuff, a lot of it is males mm-hmm. because, oh, you know, dudes don't cry or they, they, don't ask for they can't have emotions. And I mean, I get that. I do. I'm a guy myself, but they don't. Maybe it's a little bit more difficult for somebody of uh, public notoriety and, you know, has a celebrity status. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are a little bit more skeptical to come forward maybe they are a little bit more um i guess hesitant Mm -hmm. to be outspoken about their issues because they might get ridiculed from their peers they might get looked at negatively or looked down upon from their role models and whatnot like okay taking it back to what i was saying you know i know juice world i saw an interview with him where he said yeah he looked up to future he started drinking lean because of future Mm-hmm. Future's a rapper, by the way, if y'all didn't know that. But, like, how does that make Future feel? Right. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm just one person, but, like, if I had, I'm, I know that these people aren't trying to be role models for everyone. Let me say that. Like, I, this, they that's don't want to be a role model their for job. nobody. They're, they're just doing what they yeah, want to do. They're, they're not, they're not going to elementary schools reading to, right. you know, little kids. They're, they're, they're rappers at the height of their game. But what I'm saying is they may not realize the amount of reach and the amount of influence that they have on people that do look up to them, that do idolize them, that do that would give anything to be in their shoes. And what is, I mean, imitation is the biggest form of flattery. So they see rapper A doing, you know, okay, got the gold chain, got the cool sunglasses, got the, the, the SoundCloud name down, mm-hmm. and now I need two styrofoam cups full of purple drink. That's yeah. what I need right now. And popping bars. Got it. That's the checklist for success. Get the get out of here with that shit. You kidding me? Like, Well, I think what people don't understand is that, and this is something I didn't understand for the longest time, and I can shout out my doctor and be very happy that he convinced me of this. Not going to say names, but um, I was always that person that, like, he fought with me for about four years with me, like, getting on medicine and then me stop, like, I would stop taking it because I, quote, unquote, don't want to take medicine. I don't want to be the person that has to take medicine to be okay, blah, blah, blah. And he looked me in the face and said, I understand, but you would not look a diabetic in the face and say, hey, will your pancreas to make insulin? Try really, 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 really hard. It just doesn't work like that. And so I had to come to terms with the fact that 
this is something that I have and I can't, there's like, it's, it's borderline irrational to be ashamed of it because I have zero control over it. I'm, I, I, it's not my fault that I have it. It's no one's fault. It's, I just have it. And so that's why I'm so open about it because I like let it define me for a very long time. And I was very like, like I said, ashamed, embarrassed, wishing I didn't, you know, I wish I was just normal, blah, 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 whatever. But that's the thing is that whenever I started realizing, Hey, this isn't right. And I like reached out for help and I got it. It's, it genuinely does help. Like I, I, it's, it is a chemical imbalance in your brain. And that's to put it plainly like there, I can't, I don't produce the same chemicals that a normal brain does. And so every function is going to be altered by that. So the medicine that I take helps my brain produce those chemicals. That's literally it. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't give me any extra receptors or anything like that. It literally just makes my brain do what normal healthy brains do. Um, and I think that the problem with these guys, you know, I'm not going to like it, this isn't somber, but there are way more, there's a much greater percentage of male suicide rates than there are female. And I think because with guys, you don't want to sit there and think like, if you think, Oh, I'm feeling sad today. Oh, we'll get over it. It's fine. Grow up. Uh, I'll be fine. But then women are like, uh, I'm feeling sad for like a couple of days in a row. I need to figure this out. But like, men don't want to ask for help and i'm not saying that sexist or anything like that it's 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 just yeah look at the statistics right. and so i feel like especially men in this this like elevated you know i don't know this big glorified position or whatever they feel like they have to keep a name for themselves they don't want to ask for help because that that might make them look weak i don't know right and so that's why things like this I'm not saying that's why. I'm just saying that's like my hypothesis about why this stuff keeps happening. Sure. And you do, I mean, you make a lot a lot of good points about that with, you know, being male and whatnot. And I think the biggest point that I was trying to drive home here was these things were, I, w- I would like to believe that these drugs were created for a good reason. Mm-hmm. You know, ha- if you have your conspiracy theorist about big pharma and all that i get it like that's a whole whole different topic but they are helpful they do they were i believe they were created for good and they can be abused and they are continuously being abused but like i mentioned earlier we all have our vices i don't for one second think whiskey and beer are good for me is that going to stop me from drinking them Mm -hmm. no but i'm not mainlining an IV of maker's mark into my freaking veins every night. You know, I, I don't, I don't go to my job with a 12 pack of Miller light in my cooler. Like that's, that's where you got to draw the line. Like recreational use, even if it is drug use, I know plenty of people that use recreational drugs that are 12, you know, a hundred times more successful than I could ever dream of. Mm -hmm. So be it. That's, that's, their thing. What I'm saying is people that take their, their vices, well, I keep using that word, their, their guilty pleasures, that whatever it may be, they, they take these recreational items and take them to the extreme. They don't realize the people and the damage that are left in their wake. You know? Well, and I also think that that's like something that I kind of derailed the topic from on that. Um, I feel like 
again, this is my own personal thoughts, so I could be completely wrong, but these people that just get like so like just all balls deep into all these drugs and, you know, like any type of addiction, they, they are looking for something that they're not getting. There's some sort of void in their life. And I'm not going to sit there and, oh, when you were a child, blah, blah, blah. but I'm telling you all of this like abuse with substances and stuff like that, they need more. They need more. They need more because of their, there's something going on in their mind where they feel good and they want to keep feeling well, good because of this okay. high that they're on. They don't want to come off of it. Okay. Well, devil's advocate here. You're obviously coming from a, a you know, a, a medical standpoint and you, a, a, a psychological viewpoint. Do you ever just sit back and think that there's people that are idiots and know exactly what they're doing and think that they're untouchable and think that they are invincible. And then next thing you know, they're six feet under hundred percent because that's, that's where, that's where I do personally, I have a very, 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 very difficult time drawing that line mm-hmm. because I know that there is a backgrounds to every story. I know that, but what I don't understand is when are we going to start doing something about it? Right. When, when when is somebody you know? Because there are people out there like Logic who did that suicide hotline song mm-hmm. that you know the one eight hundred whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's doing something. That is he he performed that. At what I don't know if it was at the Grammys or the whatever it was. That's doing something. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying everybody needs to be an advocate and scream it from the rooftops, but stop freaking following the footsteps of everybody in front of you because you are not special. You're not, right. dude. I mean, like everyone. I can. I mean, there's people that get out alive and talk about it and talk about how awful it was. Take Eminem, possibly the biggest rapper of all time. You know, arguably, whatever Jay Z <laughs> and freaking Nas. I get it, but like I'm talking Eminem. Mm-hmm. You say that name in any household in the United States, white, black, Asian, Mexican. They know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. He made a whole album on it, a whole album talking about his drug use and how he got over it like that is doing something that yeah. that's refusing to be that's that saying oh my god i i thought that i could get away with this and i succumbed to all the negative effects of these things that i was doing and i live to tell the tale and i'll be damned if i'm gonna go down that road again and but and then they, you also have the people that just don't care they yeah. don't care oh i'm going down this road oh sorry that sucks whatever like yeah. they just don't value that, that's their another, life enough. Uh, yeah, they just that, don't care. That's another. That maybe that's a lot of the reason why I don't mess with that like genre of rap. Because I was talking to my buddy uh, online the, the the other day. Shout out Joe, my boy. He, he I always joke around with him and and I talk serious with him at the same time about music because I'm a music freak like that. I, that's been well documented on this show. Mm-hmm. That is my life. I look at music artists, their backgrounds, their history. All day, every day. That's my thing. And Joe's very much like that. And we were talking about this. I'm like, dude, what is your, what's your thought on all this? And he says that too. He's like, I think a lot of it was like this particular genre. When I say rap, I'm not talking about Eminem, Jay-Z, Nas, whatever you think of, like Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole. Those are like rapper rappers. But then there's like this depressed, like emo rap mm-hmm. that's like, all they do is talk about, man, F my life. I don't want to be alive right now. Pull up another drink. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to vibe right now. Like, what? You know, I get it that it's music is an expression. It, it's, it's an art form. 
But if you're using this particular outlet to just glorify the fact that you are a zombie, that you hate your life and you're just drowning yourself in all these different numbing exogenous resources, whether that be alcohol, cocaine, freaking you name it, Mm -hmm. you're using that to outwardly speak on like, hey, everyone listen. I know I got all my fans out there, but. Let me tell you how awful my life is and publish it. And y'all keep consuming this this platform. Keep keep downloading my songs, which is going to do what? Anybody in their right mind that's getting success off of that would keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're fueling that fire in a sense. And that the conversation I had with Joe, we ended up even talking about how it's, it's crazy how history repeats itself. And none more so than the old term like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? Yep. You know, 90s grunge music is arguably my favorite genre of music. And yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like the soundtrack of our childhood. It really is. And even if it's not your cup of tea, if it's not your favorite thing to listen to, look at the track record of those people because that 90s grunge music era the statistics of overdoses and deaths on drugs from that era are almost congruent with what's going on today in this 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 genre. But think about it: how times changed back then. It wasn't Xanax and Xanax and Percocet and Lean, and it was freaking heroin. Yeah. It was cocaine. It was it was hard drugs. I mean tying off in the bathroom, heating a spoon and injecting it into you. Like, this was crazy. Do you think that it was because, like, it's different? Okay, you hear of cocaine. You hear of uh, heroin. You hear of all that stuff, and you're like, oh, that's very addictive. That That's killed a lot of people. Very scary. No, 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 get away from me. But you haven't, like, all of these prescription drugs, people might be seeing them as they're safer because they're prescription drugs. Yeah. Whenever you hear of heroin, you're like, oh, shit i don't know where that came from it's bad get away from me but yeah like, you're doing, like knowledge you're still is power doing very toxic things to your human body with prescription drugs that you're abusing maybe yeah maybe they didn't have the knowledge base at their fingertips to kind of look mm-hmm. up statistics like oh god you know so and so died from it but they did you know it was the 90s they just what i'm getting at is like think about it like one of my favorite bands of all time Alice in Chains, mm-hmm. their front man has a voice that you couldn't even, you couldn't mimic this if you wanted to. Lane Staley has a voice that will, you know, resonate with people till the end of time. Died of heroin and coke. Mm-hmm. Overdose. I mean, hiatus from the band when they were at their peak, you know, withered away on national TV, you know, freaking, he was just a shell of himself and it, it killed him, you know, yep. heroin and cocaine. On top of the world. Biggest rock band at that time, bar none. Okay, great. Then you have another counterpart that appear in that that group. Scott Weiland, lead singer of Stone Temple Pilots. You even like them. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. like 10 songs you can sing from them right now. Scott Weiland died like three years ago. He's a grown man, 50-something years old. Mixture of drugs. So he got out of that era, but the, the effects of those hard actions he was taking in his prime, followed him till he was a grown man with kids and a wife, and, he, and he died. And even, um, like, Kurt Cobain, yes, the suicide thing, like, whatever you want to think about that, he had 
multiple, multiple run-ins with drugs, you know, just a mixture of drug problems that would lead to ultimately taking his life. That's what I'm saying is it doesn't matter. It's crazy to me that how history repeats itself. You have these, these group of men at the peak of their career in a musical platform that consistently do these things to themselves that are so negative and they chose to do different um i guess a different kind of drug you know heroin cocaine whatever it may be now men rappers percocet fentanyl i mean they're not like intentionally doing these some of these things might be tainted you know they don't know mm-hmm. who they're getting it from but do you get what i'm saying how how the how this is almost like a they're parallel i think the correlation that i'm really seeing and again this is me drawing a conclusion coming from a standpoint i've never walked a day in their shoes so i don't know sure but i honestly can see that maybe they're reaching these points in their life that they've always wanted to get to before then and they keep working they keep working they finally get there and maybe it's not everything they wanted it to be right like maybe you work for something your entire life and you get there and you realize hey this isn't what's going to make me happy but that was supposed to make you happy and so what can i do to make me feel happy like right. what can i do to make this what i wanted it to be you know what i mean and like right right and like the the grass is always greener you know yeah. like, and, and then- so like maybe they just they get to this point that they think is going to satisfy them and it doesn't and so they're like lost trying to find a way to like make this what they wanted it to be. Whereas like these other people just, they can't just like settle down and have like, I'm not saying a quiet life is a way to go, but like finding pleasure and happiness and joy in things that don't involve an entire stadium of people screaming your name. Cause that's sure. not, that's not logical. You can't do that every day. Right. But, and that's, yeah, that that's something that would be, that's hard. Like I said, for from our end, that's mm-hmm. hard to empathize with them because I'm not selling out arenas. Right. You know, I'm, I don't have, I don't have thousands of dollars in, you know, my sock drawer. I don't have people lining up at my beck and call mm-hmm. for whatever I want to do. I'm not saying any of this being judgmental. Right. What I'm saying is it does bother me that this is becoming a normality. It's not, it's not, it's almost not even shocking. It's like, oh, who was it this time? You know what I mean? Yeah. And at what point does, does it stop? And I am not naive enough to think that every person that does this had the best of intentions or, oh, they're complete. I don't think that anybody's innocent when it comes to this. Like all of this is wrong. No matter what your intentions are, intentions don't negate actions. They just don't. Um, But I think that like, like where everyone sees people as doing this, you're like, what the hell is wrong with you? You got everything. Like, what do you, what, what were you missing? Right. And like, And that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're all great people and they were all just stand up guys. But at the same time, like, let's try just to not be harsh on them. I'm not saying you are. Sure. I just mean people in general, like, just try to see it from both sides. Right. And if so-and-so was prescribed, you know, these pills and they thought that they were taking 10 milligrams of this drug and little do they know it's 50 milligrams and it was cut with you know, in a, in a, in a factory in China that had cocaine, you right. know what I mean? Like that, that, that there are accidents. Yeah. But what I'm saying is if you, if your autopsy comes out, you know, from people in the past and they had 
46 prescriptions in their stomach and whatnot and yeah. they and they were in the penthouse yeah what you expect and they're in the penthouse suite with 12 hookers around them like okay right. when does your sympathy at least run a little thin right you know what i mean because it, it's and it's not even judgmental it's not being hateful it's like i want to i wish that i could talk to them be like what was going on in your head why did you mm-hmm. not say something why did you not ask you have people there you know like it's i don't know it's just crazy it's freaking sad is what mm-hmm. it is it's very sad and it's something that's been going on since the beginning of freaking time yeah. and it's going to continue and it's if it's not coke or heroin or alcohol it's xanax mm-hmm. it's, it's percocet it's molly whatever take your pick it's just it's sad man well, i feel like these people have this like reputation to uphold and maintain and i don't even mean like like okay yeah you see stars and like all these like people on top of the world they want to be the it person or they want to be super dope or super fun or whatever well that even happens at you know my level i'm a very normal human being like and i am a very like happy energetic obnoxious person and so i feel like when i go to work and i'm having a very off day and I honestly, like, it's taken everything inside of me to be at work that day. I still feel the, I don't, it's not pressure. That's not the right word. But I still feel like I should be going around hyper energetic, loud, obnoxious, crazy. Like, like, like an obligation? It, it, yeah. And it's it's because I feel like I should be, quote unquote, living up to who I am. As opposed to, like, just not being okay is not okay to some people. Right. So, yeah, like like you said, like people may have a perception of you that, you know, rightfully so, they, I think happy, energetic, and outgoing is your personality, but you're a human. You know, mm-hmm. you have off days just like any of us. So I could see where that's almost like you feel like that, that there'd be a void. in. And then put that on a much larger scale <laughs> with these like famous people. Okay, he's in a penthouse suite with 12 hookers and he's got freaking Egyptian cotton sheets and all kinds of crazy nice things like and he doesn't feel great but he doesn't want to ever come off to anybody especially people with cameras the press like anybody because they've got it on them all the time they always have someone watching them and so he like these people they can't they always have to have this like facade about them and so I'm not sitting here saying I empathize with them saying oh I do the same thing but like if I had to keep myself wound up 24-7 because people were watching me at all times yeah, and being just, extremely critical, there's just there's just no way. Like I said, the whole thing isn't judgmental by any means, and I'm, not, I'm neither advocating for them overdosing and doing all of the – like right. I'm not saying that's right or that they – that's an excuse because it's not. But I do think that there – people don't just overdose for no reason. Right. People don't just pop an entire bottle of Xanax for no reason. Right. Like. Yeah, and that's, like I said, you know, you mentioned it too. We're not speaking on this from a critical lens. Right. We're not. We're not over analyzing and picking these people apart. They're human beings. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, it's a shame and it sucks that yeah. this is becoming such a normality. And that's the only word that's fitting for it. It it is normal. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't get shocked when I see those headlines anymore. It's not. It not an ounce of of anything. Yeah. It's like it's more of just like a. <laughs> Not, are you like oh my god who who was it now like it's like yeah. it's crazy well it's, it's not even just drugs too it's the whole like i don't think that every drug case has mental health behind it i don't oh yeah for but sure like all these people like you know the robin williams the yeah. like these people that are like committing suicide they had extremely extreme yeah. <laughs> 
super educational sentence, um, very extreme mental health problems. And people don't, like, people don't acknowledge it the way that it, I feel like it should be acknowledged. Right. And there's a lot more that meets the eye to every case because everybody, that, that's not, no pun intended, but everybody is different. Like, right. everybody. 100%. And the separation of the terms, every body, like mm-hmm. physical being is different too. You know, the way that you take, if, if I took one of your, you know, Vivance or whatever, You'd be geeking out. I would be tripping, yep. you know, but when on, I don't on, take on, it, I'm tripping. And on that, <laughs> on that same note, there's people that can drink 12 beers and be fine. And yep. then there's one that can smell a beer and feel drunk right. or, or can slam an entire cup of black coffee and go to sleep. And then there's others that can't, you know, who'll be up for days. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just different. And it just sucks. And it, that conversation I had with you and with Joe kind of really just got me thinking like it's crazy how history kind of tends to repeat itself. And yeah, this, no and, and especially if it's in a, a negative kind of linear path mm-hmm. and it sucks. But I didn't want it to be a somber. No, no one's so, somber. We're just chatting. It, yeah. It's just crazy to me. And it. I hope that everyone listening to this kind of takes it like the way that I did. Um, if you are listening and you have any of these issues i don't even want to call them issues but like oh they issues well no how, how would <laughs> they you say issues if you have like a diagnosis or if, mm-hmm. you, if you have these problems going on i promise you your support group is bigger than you think mm-hmm. and if you reach out to somebody and they make you feel stupid or lesser than then you really have the wrong people in your circle so that's something that you might need to think about. Then changing. you come talk to Casey. Yeah, right. I, I, you, I might not know you from Adam, but you come talk to me. Right. But I just wish that more people were open to learning about it. Like myself, mm-hmm. it, it was very, is like I told you, it was, it, the only word I could find fitting is it's humbling to be like, what are you talking about? How does your brain not work the way mine does? What are you, how, just snap out of it. Mm-hmm. And then the more you read into it, you're like, oh goodness gracious there's way more than i even thought but it takes people like you and me to make that even like i'm I'm not meaning this hateful if you had a wife that was completely mentally stable and i'm not saying stable i'm stable <laughs> but <laughs> jesus had a completely they don't have any of my diagnosis uh-huh. diagnoses you probably would never yeah. think twice about it sure and so it takes people that have experienced it and have like have quote unquote, come out the other side, um, that other people can, I'm not saying relate to, but you can see that other people have gone through it Yeah, and you may never have had an interest in learning. We're not sitting here telling you, go educate yourself, go read a book, mm-hmm. but just like be more, that's the only thing like from someone that has these diagnoses, like just try to be a lot more gentle with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and a lot more like open to understanding what they're saying. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just like, Oh my God, they're depressed. Oh, quote unquote. Oh, they're just being sad and annoying and lazy. Like, yeah, right. That's eh, not always the case for sure. And it takes a, you got to look at it from a very non, like don't have any prejudice against it. I guess mm-hmm. don't have any predetermined thoughts. Just look at it as, as, like you would any other issue in life, like you're in school and you need to learn about the topic because that's how, that's the way that it needs to be approached. But I hope that we shed a little bit of light on this topic from a different standpoint. You know, we're everyday average Joes mm-hmm. and it, it does affect people from the highest realms and, and, you know, socioeconomic status to everyday people. 
and it, it, it sucks that it gets to that point, but it doesn't need to be that way. And I hope that we didn't leave anybody with like a weird somber thought or anything like that. This was, this, this was meant, somber. this was meant to be like shedding light on it, you know, and it is okay to talk about this stuff because it's normal. It's the a lot more, more you talk about it, the easier it'll be to talk about. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's the more it, it, to normalize it, it is to do things of this nature. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like I said, that was, that was the main topic I wanted to cover today was just, it's been crazy. The, the amount of stuff that happens when you're, when I have this, you know, this podcast, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's only been almost two weeks or whatever. And so much crap has happened. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to leave y'all hanging, but we haven't done an episode of Just In Case in forever either. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, so I've got the merchandise coming soon and it came out good, man. I've got some awesome, talented friends that helped me with everything so far. And uh, so y'all just stay tuned for that and I will keep all you posted on all my social medias. If you haven't already, please do subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, mm-hmm. and please... Go show my Instagram and my Facebook some love because those numbers are uh, kind of at a stagnant point. And I know I have a lot more friends on there that might have looked over it or I forgot to invite you to go like it. But if you feel so inclined, go hit the thumbs up button, follow, like, subscribe, whatever it is. I appreciate all the help and all that stuff helps me out. It helps get the word out about Rated JG. So I just wanted to leave on this is not a somber note whatsoever. I just wanted it to be out there that anyone is listening to this that does have questions i'm not a counselor i'm not licensed i don't even have a freaking degree yet but if anyone feels the need to ask any questions or anything like that like our door is always open um don't ever feel shy even if i've never spoken before i it gives my heart some sort of peace knowing that i can shed light and help people when they need help so yeah positivity Nothing sad. I'm just letting you know. You can talk to me if you want. Yeah. Tell your mom you love her. Yeah. Love you, mom. Love you, mom. Bye. Bye.